the special quick take episode of Pro Football Network's premier fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, BJ Rudell, PFN Fantasy Football Director. As many of you know, unlike uh, full episodes, uh, these are quick takes, about five minutes. Uh, we're diving into a player or a subject to try to um, make us a little bit more thoughtful about the fantasy angles of a player or a subject. Doesn't mean we don't know what we don't need to know. Um, if that makes sense, we know what we know, but we can always know more. And uh, speaking of more, I want to talk about DJ Moore. You like that transition? I just came up with it. He just got uh, signed to a three-year, $61.9 million extension, which surprised me because uh, I've been writing articles this week for PFN and uh, looking at landing spots and potential receivers, quarterbacks, even running backs, and thinking about Carolina as this really troubled franchise. Um in that they don't have a quarterback. Uh, some quarterbacks just don't want to go there. Uh, they have a running back that they've openly shopped in Christian McCaffrey. They just brought in Deontay Foreman, it seems, to brace for the possibility that they might trade McCaffrey or that McCaffrey might not be durable enough to play all or most of the season. And uh, they've got DJ Moore, who's going to be a, who was going to be a free agent after this upcoming season. And the thought was, they're kind of in this uh, uh, strange transition of, of maybe, you know, a pre-rebuild. And if you're a fantasy manager, you're kind of bracing for that pre-rebuild and what it leads to, which is a rebuild where what if more goes somebody somewhere else and is no longer the number one receiver? Uh, what if uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, is uh, uh, basically can't play it? Does Deontay Foreman become the guy they just go to now as their, uh, you know, as their bell cow and his foreman now more valuable than the McCaffrey, the moment McCaffrey gets hurt, even if McCaffrey's week for week to week, um, you know, do they even put a lot of, uh, uh, emphasis on McCaffrey, you know, if they're not going to be competitive, who knows? Um, so the issue with Moore was just this really interesting, um, uh, dilemma of what does Carolina do knowing that, their healthiest, best player, so I'm leaving out Christian McCaffrey, uh, might be gone next season. And who can they get on offense? And this re-signing, where Moore is re-upping for three more years, a very favorable contract, uh, raises the question of whether DJ Moore is undervalued. Uh, the reality is uh, Carolina's uh, passing game probably won't get much better uh, this year. Uh, maybe they get a bridge quarterback, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick signs there and he does a little of what he does uh, very well, fairly well, um, and is able to feed at least one, maybe two receivers. Um, I like Fitzpatrick. I think he would fit well there. Um, you could uh, you could look at some other options. You know, Jameis Winston is still hanging out. There's some other guys out there that maybe could work uh, in feeding DJ Moore. But even if it's a worst case scenario and it's a combination of Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, and if they, you know, somehow bring back Cam Newton, um, you know, looking at what they did last year, DJ Moore was still fine. Was he exceptional? No, but that's the thing. I think a lot of fantasy managers right now are anxious about DJ Moore. They see someone coming off a bad year in the same way that some people might be anxious about Allen Robinson. Um, and I'm here to tell you, I, I think everything's going to be okay. I, I think that if you look at actual, the actual numbers, DJ Moore was just as good fantasy wise in 2021 that he was in 2020. He averaged 14 fantasy points a game PPR in 2021. 
He averaged 14.1 in 2020. This was slightly off his rookie year, 2019, when he had 15.4. But still, this is not a guy who's going to you know, necessarily get 18, 19, 20 fantasy points a game unless he has a terrific quarterback and a, and a great system that's going to feed him that much more. He's He got 135 targets when he first started out, and then 118, he had 163 last year. Um, his his catch rate, you know, has dropped tremendously the last two seasons, and I attributed that to poor quarterback play, largely. So I don't think Moore's floor gets much lower. Uh, I think that if people look at him right now and say, well, maybe he's a back-end WR2, I would pounce on that. I would gladly take DJ Moore in Dynasty or in a redraft at a WR back-end WR2 value. Um, if if they don't have an immediate impact receiver, and they're probably going to draft somebody, but if they're not, you know, they didn't get Allen Robinson, they didn't get somebody, maybe they'll get Juju Smith-Schuster, who knows? Uh, he could be a great fit there. But there's still this sense that Moore, last year, gets 93 catches, 1,157 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, he's the number one, and he had some of the worst QBs in the league, relatively speaking, throwing to him. So we have to look at a low-end WR2 in this system as being Moore's floor. And yeah, if they add a great receiver to go with him, uh, someone who by 2023 really gels, maybe a rookie this coming year, and then uh, you know by second year really takes off, Moore is still at a high enough caliber. By then, they should have a franchise quarterback, maybe out of the draft, maybe in free agency. But don't count out more. I do think we know what his floor is. And I think that his ceiling is somewhere in the low end WR1 range. If he has a great QB, that makes him a buy. I am happy fantasy wise that he re-upped in Carolina because it allows him to be the big fish in the small pond for at least another year. And uh, and if you're in Dynasty, you you assume the talent wins in the end. And I think DJ Moore will win at the end. I'm BJ Rudell again, Pro Football Network. Find us at profootballnetwork.com. Have a terrific weekend. We'll see you Monday.